Welcome back to the MedBullets Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of atypical antidepressants from the psychiatry section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with an introduction about psychiatric drugs. Psychiatric medications can be broken down into the following categories, antidepressants, antipsychotics, bipolar medications, and anxiolytics. The following are atypical antidepressants, bupropion, mirtazapine, amoxapine, meprotoline, and trazodone. The mechanism of action of bupropion is that it increases norepinephrine and dopamine via unknown mechanism. Other uses of this drug is for smoking cessation. The toxicity findings of bupropion are stimulant effects including tachycardia and insomnia, headache, seizure in bulimic patients, and no sexual side effects. In terms of the mechanism of action of mirtazapine, it's an alpha-2 receptor antagonist and it increases the release of norepinephrine and serotonin. It's a 5-HT2 and a 5-HT3 receptor antagonist and other uses include depression and anorexia nervosa due to the weight gain side effect. In terms of its toxicity findings, you would notice sedation, increased appetite, weight gain, and dry mouth. In terms of the mechanism of action of amoxapine, it causes antagonism of the dopamine receptor. In terms of its toxicity findings, you would notice EPS, seizures, and cardiotoxicity. In terms of the mechanism of action of meprotoline, it blocks the norepinephrine reuptake. Toxicity findings include sedation, orthostatic hypotension, seizures, and cardiotoxicity. And finally, the mechanism of action of trazodone is that it primarily inhibits serotonin reuptake. In terms of other uses, it causes sedation, therefore it is used for insomnia, and high doses are needed for the antidepressant effects. In terms of its toxicity findings, you would notice sedation, nausea, priapism in adolescent boys, and orthostatic hypotension. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question, a 21-year-old female presents to her psychiatrist for ongoing management of major depressive disorder. She has previously tried cognitive behavioral therapy as well as selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, but neither treatment has been very effective. She also states that she has been smoking two packs per day for the last three months and would like to stop smoking. Based on these concerns, her psychiatrist prescribes a medication that addresses both depression and smoking cessation. Which of the following, if present, would be a contraindication for the drug that was most likely prescribed in this case? 1. Patient also takes monoamine oxidase inhibitors. 2. Patient is elderly. 3. Patient is bulimic. 4. Patient works as a wine taster. Or 5. Patient is pregnant. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3. Patient is bulimic. This case is most consistent with prescription of bupropion, an atypical antidepressant that also helps with smoking cessation. One notable side effect of bupropion is that it can cause seizures in bulimic or anorexic patients and is therefore contraindicated in these patients. 
Remember, antidepressants can be classified based on their effects on neurotransmitters. First-line therapy is selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, or SSRIs, that work by increasing the concentration of serotonin. Other antidepressants with a similar mechanism of action include serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, or SNRIs, and tricyclic antidepressants, or TCAs. Atypical antidepressants such as bupropion, mirtazapine, and trazodone have a variety of mechanisms of action and therefore have secondary effects that may be helpful in specific situations. Distinguishing between antidepressants requires recognition of these secondary side effects as well as characteristic side effects. In this case, assistance with smoking cessation is a feature of only bupropion. An important contraindication to bupropion use is anorexia or bulimia since these patients may have seizures if treated with bupropion. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, monoamine oxidase inhibitors or MAO inhibitors act by inhibiting metabolism and degradation of neurotransmitters. Other serotonin agonists are relatively contraindicated in patients taking MAO inhibitors due to the risk of serotonin syndrome. Answer choice 2. Elderly patients can become delirious when given anticholinergic medications. TCAs are an example of a drug class with anticholinergic properties and therefore should be avoided in elderly patients. Answer choice 4. Wine and aged cheeses contain tyramine, which is usually metabolized by monoamine oxidases. Patients taking Mayo inhibitors can therefore suffer hypertensive crises when eating foods or drinking wine with tyramine. And finally, answer choice 5 is incorrect because many psychotropic medications are teratogenic and therefore contraindicated during pregnancy. An example is the mood stabilizer lithium, which can lead to Epstein's cardiac anomaly. Bupropion is an FDA Class C drug, meaning that the drug should be administered only if the benefits outweigh the risks. Pregnancy is therefore not an absolute contraindication for bupropion. In summary, the key points to remember from this case are that antidepressants should be distinguished by recognition of secondary benefits and side effects. Bupropion is useful in treatment of depression as well as in smoking cessation, but is contraindicated in anorexic and bulimic patients due to the risk of seizures. Next question. A 23-year-old Caucasian male presents to the emergency department with a persistent penile erection for the last six hours. He recently began outpatient treatment for depression with associated insomnia. He traveled to Mexico five months ago. His medical history is otherwise unremarkable. Which of the following is the most likely precipitating factor for priapism in this patient? 1. Depression treatment with bupropion. 2. Depression treatment with venlafaxine. 3. Depression treatment with trazodone. 4. Sickle cell disease. Or 5. Infection acquired in Mexico. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, depression treatment with trazodone. This patient presented with priapism following recent initiation of treatment for depression with insomnia. The most likely cause is the atypical antidepressant trazodone. Remember, trazodone is an atypical antidepressant that commonly causes sedation. Thus, trazodone is frequently used as part of therapy for depression associated with insomnia. A feared and frequently tested side effect of trazodone is priapism. Let's now review two citations related to this topic.
in the first citation, Adams et al. discuss pharmacotherapy in depression and report common side effects associated with common antidepressants. All antidepressants are associated with side effects. Selection of the appropriate antidepressant for a given patient often involves consideration of the side effects of the particular antidepressant. In the second citation, Fagiolini et al. explains that trazodone is in the category of serotonin receptor antagonists and reuptake inhibitors. Clinical trials have demonstrated that trazodone has comparable antidepressant effects to other common classes, including SSRIs. The most common side effect of trazodone is drowsiness and somnolence. Because of this side effect, trazodone is useful for patients with depression and insomnia. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choices 1 and 2 are incorrect because bupropion and venlafaxine are also antidepressants but are not associated with priapism. Answer choice 4 is incorrect because sickle cell disease is associated with priapism but is unlikely in a Caucasian patient with no history of sickle cell-related complications at age 23. And finally, answer choice 5 is incorrect because malaria infection can be associated with priapism but is unlikely in this patient for two reasons. One, Mexico is not a high-risk malaria region. And two, malaria generally presents soon after exposure and would be unlikely to present five months after travel. And that's all for this review about atypical antidepressants. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.